What makes Prairie Gardens one of the very best garden centers in the entire country? It's the PG Plant experts. Helpful and happy to share their knowledge gained through years of real gardening experience. It's the highest quality plants, grown fresh in our own greenhouses and from the best growers in the Midwest. It's the largest selection of flowers, veggies, and herbs you'll find anywhere. Anywhere. So pick from the best. Prairie Gardens, locally owned since 1964. Springfield and Duncan, Champaign. Good morning, and welcome to Plant Experts here at Prairie Gardens Live. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and we have the experts standing by for you to call in at 217-356-9397, or you can text 351-5357. We also are here at the store. If you wanted to swing by the store, it's gorgeous. 3000 West Springfield Champagne, corner of Springfield and Duncan. John Weisgarber is on his way to the table. And in the meantime, we have Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne. And good morning, Steve Brown. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. I thought you were out there shopping, but then I realized you just brought John's sample card. I guess I did. But yeah, I'll be shopping later. He He was busy. How could I not? Yeah, I know. John was busy? Yes. I was. Well, I brought things to talk about, and then all of a sudden I started shopping for myself. (laughs) (laughs) That whole top rack is like, oh. I better have one of those. I think that's what I meant. Oh, and one of those. It's on my list. Better grab it before it I don't see how that's for you because the top rack isn't as color-coordinated as I would expect. Oh, it it kind of is. It is kind of. See that colocasia with the... It it looks almost human, though. It doesn't seem like it's uh, as planned out as John would do. (laughs) Almost human. I started, and then, oof. I need some perennials. Hey. So. <laughs> and you're going, I see you're going to do an astilbe. Yeah, look at this. This is so cool. Oh. It's called Chocolate Shogun. Ooh. The foliage is so beautiful. It's it's just that deep burgundy. Yeah. Just beautiful. But also like the foliage. A blend, like it mixes here and there with just a beautiful brown like get yeah, chocolate brown. chocolate totally as, chocolate is the name and it'll have bright pink flowers and the the red of the stems that's just beautiful yeah yeah, the, yeah then just wait till combination it blooms. Yeah. there the flowers will oh. be stunning to get that dark yeah will be it really good. will be yep and that's that's my whole top layer is because you know i have shade and that's what we're going for yep oh. there you have it textures right. Not always a lot of blooms, but... Which epimedium did you get? Uh, this one is that the German one, the German name. Fronheit. Fronheit, yes. Is it yellow flower? Yes, yellow flower. So, see, Steve, he is, actually is kind of coordinated because he got the corydalis that's yellow flowering also. Yeah. yeah, see? And a lot of times you don't get many flowers in shaded areas. No, you don't. Which is cool. And i got to tell you, the corydalis, it... it, it I've planted that for a couple of years now, and it, it does come back, um, but it's a lot smaller. It's I, These are just like on steroids, but yeah. um, in the garden, it doesn't quite come back so in your face. It's, it's a, a little more subtle, which is good. Beautiful, I like it. creamy, buttery, deep buttery, kind of a yellow. Around here, you usually see white. Okay. So, question for you. When, you know, since you, these are going to be for your garden, not for, so much for your container, had you thought about some of these varieties before or were you just inspired by seeing the plants and said ooh, i'm gonna get that well the the uh 
epimediums, the barren wort, I already have some from previous year, so I just want to extend and add to it. Okay. But the, the and you pronounce it. Coridalis. Coridalis. <laughs> I say Cory Dallas. And you know what? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Oh. <laughs> I pronounce it incorrectly, I'm sure. No, it's what's, it's correct if it's, to, if you're saying it, that's it. Yeah. I think that's how I've heard it, like John's, Corvidalis, Corvidalis. Did you know what I, I was saying when I said Corvidalis? No. It's oh. just the spelling. Yes, you that's did. C-O-R-Y-D-A-L-I-S. See, the point is, that's too early. Yeah, okay. We'll just stop right there. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll let Marianne get down to the next layer on her coffee mug. Yeah, I'm almost there. Yeah, she's almost there. I love that coffee mug. The the next level is now you may speak, but we're past that. Right, it's like a measuring cup. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) At the top, when you have a full cup of coffee, you have it. Yeah, and then half cup later, almost. (laughs) And almost done. So I have have a peony question for Marianne. Yes. Because the peonies are... In most people's yards are oh. plump, plump buds. Oh, Some yeah. are starting to open. And, yeah. Uh, like you mentioned last week, you had a couple of the rock gardens open. Yeah. So I notice in my garden, some of the peony varieties have very few buds, but the buds are huge. Yes. And it's that way year to year. Yes. And then some of the varieties have three times or four times as many buds. Still nice size, but decidedly smaller. Yes. Anything specific about that? Were they bred to be that way? Or is that just a byproduct of... It's basically a byproduct of of a hybrid of of, uh, a cross. Um, They're usually a little more exotic colors, uh, like coral, which was a big breakthrough in the peony world, Uh, and stronger stems, too. So it's it's just a, a byproduct of crossing may may not have been what they were going for initially exactly. in the characteristics but exactly when, the, when they saw the that characteristic and then proceeded even this larger flower they said yes. hey hey that works that works so um with all the the, the ones that the, the garden peonies that we all think of that have maybe four or five six flowers on one stem you know there's there's the main bud on top which is really big and then at each leaf joint you'll see another uh, bud coming out and a lot of times several of those will flower but it makes that stem so weighted at the top oh. that it eventually falls over. Well, there's a way to get around that. You may not get five or six, if, if you don't mind not getting five or six flowers on one stem, it's called side budding or disbudding. And uh, honestly, the, in the nursery that I worked at, uh, that's what we did for, for the flower market. We, we, we had 50 acres of nothing but for cut flowers of peonies and we'd we'd walk through and stop at every plant and take off all of the the buds on the side and leave the main one on the top so that that if you do it early enough the main bud gets even a little bigger and then you don't have the heaviness of the stem oh so if you don't mind giving up the several flowers on one stem, which to me is a a great trade-off i i i always do that and and you could do that up until the point that they're even open, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the terminal bud may not grow that much larger. Right, but, exactly. But, but you it would take some of the weight off. It would take the weight off for sure. Absolutely. And when you, when you do it when they're young enough, they just pop right off. There's uh, As they get older, they get a little more uh, tough. So that you might have to break them or cut them off. But um, you don't take the leaf off. You just take the, the bud off that's that's emerging from that leaf joint. So. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a kind of tedious thing to do, especially when it's 50 acres that you're looking at. But <laughs> oh my um, goodness, yes. <laughs> but one or two plants, hey, you know, go ahead and do it. Go for it, it. But it's worth it not having them flop over, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, if you didn't want to sacrifice your other blooms, though, I, I, I was trying to think of what to do. Because, yeah, my flop over. A peony ring. Like, uh, we, we sell peony rings. Oh. Duh. Is it like a tomato yeah. ring? Yeah, yeah kind of. It's, it's but wired. Larger, in fact, or? you could use a tomato ring if you wanted to. You just have to get it in the ground early enough. That's so only that for you're one damaging. bloom, though, really. I mean, I've got a larger area and a couple of patches actually there's uh rings back there that are what that are about 24 inches wide Mm -hmm. uh, that have a crisscross wire through them so that if you put it on early enough the peonies just grow right through the the crosses and those those are the best if you're ahead of the game and do it early yeah okay and i just leave mine out there year round yeah for sure and they're about mm, 12 to 15 inches off the ground the plant just grows right up through it and uh Sitting there they up, are. proud and happy, and no yep. flopping over. And yep. yep. Okay. Yep. I actually did that on my uh, dysentra, my uh, bleeding heart, this year. No, I, I put a peony ring on it. Oh, that's cool. Because the the silly thing has gotten so huge, I can't believe it. it just flops over everything. Yeah. I think there's a number of plants I, I've seen them used on Annabelle hydrangeas successfully too. Yeah. You know, any oh. plant that gets a large, heavy head. Yep. To keep it from splaying and falling over. Yep. Or if you're a really avid gardener, you can go out and bamboo stake each one of them. Ooh. Tie it with is some that jute. an avid gardener or is that some other kind of gardener? If you if you are enjoying being out there for 10 hours a day. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I already have some bamboo stakes. That's well, then so devote 10 hours it. to that. Right. Go for Five it. Five-minute job. Go. Sure. <laughs> go for it, honey. So, John, you happen to have a coneflower here in your uh, collection. I do. Well, do. that's one of those 597 perennials that we've got going oh, on right man. now yeah. in half-gallon pots. I brought, some, I brought a couple sale things, too. Yeah. Yeah. These perennials are just outstanding. Yes, they are. I mean, it's a, it's a they call it a quart. Uh, what do they call this? Half-gallon. Half-gallon. That would be two quarts, Mr. Five-Gallon Bucket. Thank you. Oh, really? Mr. Five-Gallon Bucket. <laughs> We're talking his language now, aren't okay. we? Uh-huh. <laughs> From Not now on, sure. I know exactly what it is. Well, the foliage there is beautiful. Yes, I it love really the, lovely, the it? long, thin leaves and, and the, not striations, but almost veins uh, going through it. Through the leaves. So there's, what, four varieties Stripes. or five varieties of coneflowers out there? Easy. Yep. Uh, some of the best hosta varieties that you can get your hands on, maybe about eight eight or nine hosta varieties, yep. uh, some rudbeckia, some hens and chicks that just uh, arrived yes. this week in the sale group, uh, some butterfly bush, uh, some coreopsis. Coreopsis. 597. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a heck of a Easily worth 10 bucks all day long. Easy. The, the plants are, are just outstanding. Yes, they are. So really go for that, couple, and then you. Couple other sale things. I noticed you didn't bring your favorite dollar seventy-seven geranium. Yes, I did. You did. Oh, look. Here oh it is. yeah, I was laying over on its side. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, look at that pink. Deep rose. That's that's fifty-five, sixty mile an hour pink. Oh, I yeah. think. Yeah. It is. So fuchsia. One seventy-seven geraniums, and then yep. we have a small selection of herbs that are on sale. We have Italian parsley, lavender, and sweet basil. Basil. So just those three varieties, but they're only one ninety-seven. Wow. Uh-oh. I guess I better get out there. Uh-huh. So three of the most popular varieties that we uh, sell, and then something that's going to be really popular probably this week with all the water we had the week before and the heat we're having this week. Mosquito plants. Oh. Yeah. I saw that in your sale bill. 297. 297 Citronella geranium. 
Okay. So yeah, it's just a scented, just a scented geranium. Do we have any other scented geraniums? So does it we also do. bloom? Who cares? The blooms are really minimal. Because <laughs> you said geranium. It has a bloom, but you're really growing that for the foliage, for the, for the fragrance yeah. of, the, yep. of the leaves. Well, the, yeah. I'm glad you didn't bring any of the uh, waves up here that are on sale for seven ninety seven for these huge six-packs. They're There's beautiful. Another thing that's flying out the door right now. I, I tell you, you, you can't beat it if you've got a, a big sunny spot, and those things just go crazy in the ground. The yeah, they do. They really make make a statement. Yes, they do. And we still have a decent selection of the 50-count impatient flats. We yes. Do. For fourteen ninety seven. Absolutely. While they last. And then, so you, you get the knowledge you all share with the, with the customers. You get that going. And then you've got the outrageous selection, l- literally in every category, whether it's a tree or a shrub or a perennial or an herb or annual or vegetable. And then you get some of these specials like that on top of it. Woohoo. Kind of a home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the selection is just outstanding right now. Yeah. I agree. Yep. People, Absolutely. People, you know, this week, I've, I've worked with a lot of people this week, and then, well, I just can't decide, and, you know, what would you do? And Buy them all. So, That's you know, what I do. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yep. I'll bet. Gosh, just even walking up to the store and, and walking up to the greenhouse area, it's like, wow, the color. And for the customers who've been patiently waiting for yellow hibiscus, tropical hibiscus for sixteen ninety seven, the yellows have yes. finally arrived. They're here. So we had another truckload yesterday, and uh, the yellows made their appearance. Oh, finally. Good. Yay. Yellow. I'm so glad. 65-mile-an-hour yellow. Mm-hmm. Or more. If you're depending on what you're driving, depend on <laughs> if you're in the convertible or not. Oh yeah. Okay, so okay. Mr. Color Matchy Matchy here, oh. and your oh, Thunbergia yeah. and your Lantana. What you got going on here? I'm kind of digging that, John. This is Thunbergia, or the vining, black-eyed Susan, tangerine slice. Pretty Ooh. cool. How appropriate. If you've got sun, they're gonna love it. That's a great combination. And then yes, it we is. have. Look at that. Lucky red lantana. Perimeters are are darker, and then you get a little bit more orangey on the lantana. Yeah, boy, do they attract the pollinators too! Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! Yeah, fabulous. So yeah. this combination right here would just be a great hummingbird. Yes, it container, would. Wouldn't it? Okay, it would be fantastic. I'll do it. No, that's but that's a know. that's a awesome the way you pull those colors together, and the texture differences between the two plants. And mm-hmm. the pineapple sage, which has got. Crazy red blooms on it. You were on a hummingbird hunt, weren't you? I was. That's a great (laughs) hummingbird plant. Yay. Beautiful. Yep. That's a beautiful selection. 3569397 is our phone number, or you can text us at 351-5357 for Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. Okay, so I'll get one dumb question out of the way. Okay. Great. Is there anything that you wouldn't feel comfortable planting right now um, in any category? No. Well, oh no. There's some buzz. Well, (laughs) here's the deal. Uh, On Wednesday when I was off and it was like 93 degrees, Mm. I dug. In the shade? I pre-dug two holes for trees that I'm planting. So it wasn't that I didn't want to plant them. It was just very uncomfortable. Yeah. So So you got part of it. Yeah. Try to do it. Get the hard part done. Don't do it in the heat of the day. 
And, and obviously people were watering a little bit more this yeah. week, whereas previously you didn't have to even think about hooking up the hose. Right. We had so much moisture, but right now yeah. in this no. heat. And, and this is another example of why we often say, hey, you know, it's not going to hurt to buy the plants and leave them in the trays for a day or two, sitting up by the house, keep them well watered, get them exposed to the increased light level being directly outside and not in the greenhouse, get them exposed to the wind yep. so the foliage can acclimate because... Yep. It's pretty hard to go from a protected greenhouse setting to full sun, 91 degrees, ish, 20 mile an hour winds. Yeah. I have a hard time adjusting to that. <laughs> I can imagine the plants do. So yeah, I, no, no kidding. I have like four or five house plants that I'm going to use in containers outside. And I, I wouldn't even dream of bringing them out in this heat, it, even putting them in the shade and trying to acclimate them. So I'm going to wait. I, next week it's going to come down a little bit. The temperature's come down a little bit. So I'll do that next week. Okay. That's good to know. Yep. It's well, it's just, like, it's just like, see how red my head is? That would be the same as the plants. You would just, just burn it. That sun will, sun will just intensify. And I learned uh, that, that it can happen just by opening your curtains a little more. And there's a little more heat coming through. And that beautiful orchid that you guys gave me no. for Christmas that has just been like perfect i almost think it's fake <laughs> and then uh, yeah one stem i noticed it was wilting and uh, fortunately the other stem is okay but you know the one was starting to wilt i'm like wait what did i do i've been watering it uh, not too much and and then i'm like oh i'll bet it got too much sunlight so it's just the flower stem just i guess so well they last a long time but they don't last forever so it's okay <sighs> okay Boy, the other one still looks. That's so great, perfect. and it would look perfect too. But uh, yeah, even just not even outside, but just yeah, at Christmas by the window. Wait that a minute, you're January, February, March, April, May, five months. What a bargain! That's pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, absolutely, beautiful yeah. gift. Yes. Anything else come in this week that you guys are most pumped about? Oh my, lots. Your trees are beautiful. I finally was able to get back there this morning. Look at some trees. Uh-huh. There's some nice looking trees. Oh, beautiful. Japanese maples. Oh, your Japanese maples. Oh, we finally have a, a great selection of ornamental grasses. I, I, yeah, the perennial grasses. Really, yeah, I'm sorry. Perennial grasses. Not ornamental. Perennial grasses. And if, if, you, if it's not there, you don't need it. You know, it's kind of like that. We've got that much. So okay. So yeah, you're you're full in on ornamental cool. grasses now. Oh. Butterfly bush, you're pretty much full in in terms there. of selection. We will be next week. Uh, decent selection of hardy hibiscus with yes. more to come over the next week and two. Yes. Decidedly starting. Um, yep. That that's been such a question the last few weeks. Hardy hibiscus. Do we have it? And it's not it's not uh, emerging out of the ground. I think it's dead. Yeah, I've had that question. Be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Don't dig it up. Be patient with yeah. those. Be patient with your butterfly bush still. Yep. Yep. Don't give up. Uh, water plants, I know with, we said Tyler was putting them on display last week uh, on Saturday, and he's got them all out. I know the water lettuce didn't come in, and a few lilies didn't come in yet, maybe right. a lotus. But I'd say, what, 70 80% of the water plants are probably in stock now Yes. And ready to go. Absolutely. Um I think all the other categories were complete or virtually complete before with the vegetables and the herbs and all the annuals. So we are starting to get to the time of year where the combination planters, the ready-mades, 
um, in 12 inch pots and larger are starting to become in full swing. Uh, we've got a really good deal on a Cala planter with some euphorbia at the bottom. Oh, gosh, is and that a cool? Beautiful white glossy container yep. that's regularly forty nine. It's on sale for thirty nine bucks right now, and we've sold hundreds of them so far. And uh, definitely worth checking out for a, a morning sun, filtered sun, dappled sun in the afternoon uh, environment. That'd They're be a, beautiful. A great, great plant to have. Yeah. The Callas have such rich coloration in their in their space they're flowers they do and the way the f- the foliage has some of the modeling and some yes. of the spots on there too it's a great yeah. so when you get that early morning or that late afternoon noon sun kind of coming across the plant yes it just illuminates in those light spots and it exactly. just creates another whole you said the word magical that's what comes to mind yeah. it really creates another dy- dynamic that that plant can give that not much else can is that is that a plant that you'd put in a little bit of afternoon shade I, I would give it a I break. Would. Absolutely. That's why I'm saying dappled afternoon sun, yep. morning sun, filtered sun during the day. Yep. Would yep. be good. Yep. But they are beautiful. Treated in the same respect as you would your begonias. Uh, ooh, good comparison. Yeah. Which, by the way, we have a fabulous selection oh of begonias. Gosh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you need some th- color or texture for the shade, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to really covet the orange one but yeah yeah this year i'm i love that hot pink it's Ew. pretty cool the traditional double flowering one or that even more intense pink single one the intense pink single one yeah it's got it's that little sure. yellow eye in it yeah, yeah. gotcha Ooh. wow beautiful i just i can't bring myself to do pink in the garden but that's okay I, i'm i'm i like it in other people's gardens i get it it's okay yeah. you're still developing i'm working on it trying to, grow, trying to grow up yeah it's it's well, no, like actually trying but i i would rather have pink and i just have this diversion to red for some reason i just oh it's just not my thing wow so. i did for a long time and now i'm swinging around to i'm tired of having these soft colors that I've been using, and I'm ready to bring on the red. Lay it on you. Yeah. All right. You guys are complicated. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good word. Yeah. You just play with color, and that's the wonderful thing about gardens, right? Yes, it is. There you go. It's always room for color. So, Johnny, you've got a nice little selection of ground covers there. And, gee, I noticed that they all take shade. How about that? I do. So is this where you were uh, concerning for your garden, Uh or are these just three of your favorites? No, these are. Or four of your favorites, or whatever you got going on here. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. While you pull those out, we can jump over the phone lines and talk to Jim in Champaign. Hey, good morning, Jim. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, Uh, they say there are no dumb questions, but I'm going to challenge that and ask. Um, I am responsible for mowing, and we have tulips that have already bloomed, and they're they're done. And uh, what do you want us to tell you, Jim? What you want to give us some me. sort of secret code for what your your answer if is I, versus your wife's? Yeah, if so I can, mow over these. Tulips that have already bloomed—is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's a bad thing, but okay. Marianne's saying, "Do it." I, I, I know she's thinking, "Just go for it." <laughs> yeah. Jim, here it is. Just it—it it just depends. If it's really going to upset your wife, don't do it. <laughs> um, the the tulips really do need um, the foliage after they've quit blooming to okay. build strength for next year. But I'm looking at 
do as I say, not as I do. I'm looking at my tulips right now thinking, I got to cut these leaves off. <laughs> I, and I know it's I know it's not the right thing to do, but, uh, you know, they'll come back next year and they'll bloom maybe not as, as well as they bloomed this year. Uh, they just need the energy from, from their leaves for a little while. Honestly, they do. Yeah. But if they start to get on the little bit of that ratty looking, then I have to think I'm going to maybe Cut them off. consider it. So, so Jim, if you can keep the foliage alive as long as possible until it's dried up, that's the best thing to do. And any of the bulb plants, hyacinths, daffodils, tulips, any of the minor bulbs would all benefit from that. They'll be stronger and more vigorous the following year. But tulips typically are the least vigorous of some of these ones I've mentioned and don't naturalize as well. And so they, in particular, would benefit from leaving the foliage on as long as possible. Well, uh, then my assumption is the correct answer is to mow around them, Jim. Uh, yes. That's a good answer. <laughs> for, okay. for at least maybe another month or... Yeah, maybe another so two weeks, yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe a couple of weeks at least, yeah. All right, okay. sounds good. Thanks for the answer. Hey, Jim, <laughs> not a stupid question. A no, really good question. Yeah, it is. Good it's food a, for thought, too. Great question. Okie doke. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good weekend, Jim. You Bye-bye. Bye. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven four. Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. I saw fruit on. You've been talking about how some of your fruit trees are starting to bear fruit, and yes. so I, I got to the apple trees, and I'm like, oh, little teeny tiny ones starting. Little up. tiny apples, little tiny peaches, little tiny nectarines, little tiny plums. Oh wow! Yeah, everything's setting fruit out there. That's great. And we don't charge extra for it. <laughs> so. That's amazing. Well, I read an article this week, this past week, about um, how how uh, it's a lot of people are now trending away from having a grass lawn yeah. and trying to just put other things into it that would, you know, like, you know, benefiting the pollinators and whatnot and, um, and bringing back the native plants. Um, and they were saying uh, it, that you could do some some uh, some fruit trees, or you could do some perennials. And my husband and I have been talking lately about if we're gonna add anything, then he wants it to be fruit bearing. And so, oh, cool. yeah. And so it's neat to learn how many can thrive here in our zone. Oh, there's tons of stuff that can survive here. And the cool thing is, they all bloom beautifully. Yeah. So, you know, you've got a flowering tree in the spring, then you have fruit. And, you know, if you if you think about doing uh, raspberries or, or uh, blackberries, something like that, uh-huh. just another dimension, you know, kind of an upright shrub. We do want and to. And then blueberries. Not only do you get the fruit, but you get that kind of typically bluish green foliage, maybe not quite bluish, but, and then in the fall, it, uh, the blueberries almost always turn beautiful colorations of yellows and oranges. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so there's as, a l- as good as any ornamental shrub oh, heck yeah. that you choose. Oh, sure. wow. Absolutely. So there's a, a fruit a fruit garden can be very dimensional and um, all season long. Yeah. So it's really cool. That is very cool. So do it. I want to see it. Uh, well, and and Scott the husband said uh i told him that there were varieties now that were thornless and yeah. especially the raspberries mm-hmm. i think and and he was he was pretty tickled to hear that cool yeah 
Well, though, uh, raspberries with thorns are a good um, defense mechanism. You know, people walking through your yard or something, you want to put that on the perimeter. And, okay. And maybe, I was going to say it might keep away the deer, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> and probably not the rabbits. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I have had so many people ask about rabbits and the damage they do. And what, is there anything that's rabbit proof? And, you know, I just, I can't help myself. I just have to laugh. There's, I, I think about the things in my yard that the rabbits have eaten. And, you know, I, I've, I've done this research over the years of different extension offices. And it, everybody has this recommendation for, but it's always put in terms of less likely to be damaged by or somewhat likely to be damaged by or there's always this caveat you know <laughs> but it, it never says rabbits will never eat this yeah. never says Res- that resistant no is not a word no it just because yeah, i've heard that about marigolds right that they don't like to eat marigolds okay but, but again we see them eat marigolds so I, would, I wouldn't count on that at all so how many yeah. years i've told people that um rabbits and probably deer too. Don't if you if you do something that's aromatic like lavenders or hellebores have a, an aromatic uh, uh, sap going on and um, just different things like that. Well, every time I say so, well, alliums, uh, onions, you know, ornamental onions, I, I say those things, and every time I open my mouth and say that, my rabbits, my my rabbits <laughs> that you proved me wrong <laughs> i the alliums I, I i had a, a whole row of them behind this this rock bench i have and and it was they, they were just a lovely row and and i oh they're still there they're still there mowed them down one day and i thought that was one of the things that they just wouldn't eat but nope rose bushes they, they thorns they don't care Oh. A thorn is nothing to them. Or hot peppers. The hottest pepper I could possibly find I put in the pathway of the rabbits. Because they're creatures of habit. They'll go the same pathway all the time. Oh. Ate the hot pepper all the way down to the ground. Every bit of it. The fruit, the flowers, the leaves, stems. So. Wow. Anyway, yeah. what's your experience with them? Same? Um, same. Okay. Uh, uh, and where I live, unfor- uh, it's a great thing. I really don't have any rabbits because of the you predators. Want some? No. Because he <laughs> lives. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to share. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Ann, who's calling in from Arthur. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, yes. Calling in about a lilac bush. Not the old-fashioned kind. The one, I don't know whether they're called the ever-blooming or just what, but mine is just loaded with blooms, and I'm wondering, uh, after they die down, do I trim them off? Will they bloom again, or what do you suggest? Good question. They're all looking at each other, nodding their heads. But there's a couple of, of varieties in the market, Miss Kim. Uh huh. Um, the Bloomerang and series. So it it kind of depends. The Miss Kim doesn't typically rebloom no. re- reliably. Okay. It'll just be okay. a sporadic yeah. flower here and there. So, long story short, unless it's uh, one in the last five years, it's been developed to be a rebloomer. Uh-huh. Uh, I would I wouldn't be quick to prune right after those flower, but Miss Kim or Dwarf Korean, which have been on the market for twenty some years and are still some of the most popular shrubs out there, have a very light uh-huh. lavender colored flower, um, uh-huh. but very yeah. very fragrant. And if you want to start to control the size of the plant after it blooms, go ahead and cut it sure. back in size. Go ahead. 
I see. And do, okay. and do at that point, it'll put on new growth. It'll set flower buds for next year then on this yeah. summer's growth. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Yep. Bye-bye. Enjoy. Thanks, Sam. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven. So back to these ground covers, Mr. Weisgarver. What Those you got going on here? Very yeah. pretty, John. Well, one of my favorites is the Pachysandra. Uh, it's also referred to as Japanese spurge. Oh. It will. It's, it's got a really interesting leaf pattern for me, and. It does really well in shade, uh, and it can tolerate somewhat dry conditions. But so under, you're saying underneath the tree canopy, the tree it's canopy a pretty good choice. Where you got competition with that, with yeah, it's a semi-evergreen. Semi-evergreen, and yep. it's it's fairly tall for a ground cover. It's about ten to twelve inches. Yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. blooms early in the spring. Has a, a very light fragrance, which is lovely. Absolutely. Yep. What I don't like about it is uh, because it's a little bit taller and because the stems are nice and sturdy when you go to remove leaves that have fallen off the trees that might be in the area it's a little bit more troublesome to get the leaves cleaned up very well so you can blow the excess quantity off but then when you start taking a rake through them to rake out you'll get worn out more quickly than if it was a lower ground cover that wouldn't offer as much resistance yep very pretty you have that Mm -hmm. but but like you said it uh I use pretty successfully the the leaf blower to get a lot of the surface off, and then come through and get the detail exactly with the rake. But you got a couple other choices that wouldn't fight you as much. Nope. So, sweet woodruff is beautiful. It's got a little little white flower that's actually starting to bloom right now. Really? Fragrant. It is very fragrant. sweet looking. Yeah, and very prolific. Oh. And it's a ground cover. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you get it, you'll have it for... Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, which is a neat thing. And, and the texture's fantastic on that. Yeah. Much finer texture than many other plants about out there. Okay. And then one that's typically... It's old-fashioned. It's been around for decades. I'll say centuries. But sometimes it's a little bit hard to find in the trade. But it's Convalaria. I should have let Marianne say that since it was a scientific name. But... <laughs> We've got oh. a good supply of it. Oh, right she now. says. Oh. As John shows me the label. Lily of the Valley. It's a Lily yep. of the Valley. Yep. Okay. Which are nicely fragrant. Those juices. Yeah. But it's also one of those things that you'll have forever. Yeah. And talk about a dense forming mass. Oh, my gosh, yes. A, a weed so. wouldn't have a chance to even come no. up in a bed of that. No. No. It'll choke it all out. It's interesting. The homeowner before me where I, I live, I have a patio off my bedroom, and they have a big colony planted. Nice. So I assumed so that they could smell it. Sure. When the breeze blew That's through the That's a great window. idea. Yeah. Yeah. That it's important nice. to remember that when you're when you're doing uh, landscaping. Things that you can see from inside or smell from inside. You're, I would not consider that. You're Most right. Oh, well, the be. see from inside, I do consider. But okay. the smell from outside. Open your window. It's it's always good to have a lilac or a Korean spice viburnum outside your window in the spring. Yeah, Mm. for sure. Nice. Waft into the home. And snow on the mountain, agapodium. Agapodium. It's pretty cool with the variegated foliage. It's very cool. So really we have, what, maybe six different ground covers for shade out there, maybe seven or eight. Oh, sure. 
probably closer to seven or eight. Yeah, we can. Yeah. You need it? We got it. Yeah. And consequently, for the sunny spots, you've got an incredible selection of sedum ground covers oh, out there. Yeah. And hens and chicks. And some of the ones that can cross over sun or shade, like vinca and English ivy. English you've ivy. got just a yeah. really good selection. Yeah. There's some uh, cool ajugas this year. Uh, they were brand new in the market in the fall, and I had to order them in the fall to get them in the spring. One's just a bright yellow ajuga. It's just so cool, I can't stand it. Bugleweed. Okay. Um, the one that's uh, kind of a coppery, medium copper, and then one that's yeah. a dark coloration, but they are just so interesting. The, I, I love it because you can get a lot of different contrasts of, of color yep. with those. Yep. Yeah. Plus, they have a flower. They I mean, do. who knew? Yeah. And then we didn't mention Tamara's favorite, the Scottish and Irish moss out there. Yes, we do have those. those they are my favorite. Texturally, it's Back just, to the shady areas. And Ar Ar Artemis? No. Ar Artemisia? Arte yes, Artemisia. Oh, I love that texture. It's a beautiful, light, grayish green plant, but it just feels like feathers. It's just so soft. soft really soft, like cotton ball soft even softer than that cool yeah. yeah that loves the full sun the full sun yeah okay yeah good to know have you I've guys used that in an annual container or if you just only used artemisia silver mound as a perennial i i use it in a container i mean it'd be a great companion plant just to have a, a filler and have that texture that you couldn't find in anything else it is. It really would. That coloration yeah. is, is just that. You can't silver, beat it. That no. silver, mm -hmm. silver It'll white. Trail yeah. over the edge. It's really pretty stuff. So, you, I mean, you literally could mix it with just any color because it's such a neutral. But oh, Stunning with white, stunning with pinks yeah. and purples. I, I know I'm, Red. I'm not particularly a blue person, but I have this kind of turquoise blue pot that's huge. It's probably a 30-inch pot. stands about three and a half feet tall. And I have a willow tree in it because I don't want the willow tree in the ground. But there's artemisia all around it. Nice. That oh, just that trails great. over the edge. And that silver and turquoise combination is really pretty. I cool. bet it is. Yeah. I didn't even think about artemisia. You keep saying trailing. Yeah. Like a spiller. Yeah. It just billows as out. It, yeah, as it matures, it does that. I mean, not really, cool. See, not really a vining trailer. A but, yeah. Because... Mind, I just I went ahead and stuck in the ground in the sunshine, and there yeah, it comes back every year. Yeah, nice little beautiful clump. Yeah, uh, but I didn't know it was a spiller. Now I've got to put it in a container. <laughs> it's so fun to look at. It it billows. It's not. It doesn't spill. It billows. Okay. Billows. Billows. <laughs> Even better. It yeah. softens the edge. It does. Yeah. Cool. So, hey, John, let's talk about that grass. Oh, the Hakanakloa, uh, Japanese forest grass. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Ooh, that's I, beautiful. It's one of my most favorite plants ever. What one is that? This is Aurea. All gold. Sorry. Oops. Bright gold. Yeah. Yep. Just one of my favorites. Long, thin leaves. Well, it's, it's almost like exploding like fireworks the way it grows. And it's, it's not really a grass per se, but it is we'll not. call it a grass for practical purposes from a texture standpoint, but it certainly tolerates more shade than just about anything else from, yes. from a grass standpoint, yes, grass appearance does. standpoint. 
But we got some little small guys still left that would be great in a shady combo. Me too. Yep. Uh, and again, just so many cool ferns that are in the houseplant room that would be great mixed in with some of the shady combos yep. that are going on out there. Speaking of shady combos, we had some planted up by one of our friends in another greenhouse uh, that we purchased from. And they have some exquisite shady combos with different coleus and ferns and nice. annuals, uh, flowering annuals mixed in. I mean, some really high styling combos. Nice. So I got to go shopping. They're just getting started. Yep. Because, yep. you know, it's a shady combo, so you can always find that extra spot where you may not even put a pot or a container, but just to set it in the garden like you so often do. And what a difference it makes. It oh, really does. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The, the container just by itself does. But then all of that combination stuff in the top is great. Mm-hmm. Adds so much. That's mm-hmm. the greatest thing about container gardening. You can put them anywhere. If you don't have color, there it goes. Yep. Yep. When I liked your comment last week about, especially if they're going to use ceramic containers, how you like to have it up on bricks or a patio block or something like that yeah. in the garden just so you have better drainage underneath it. You yes. don't have it on a wet soil condition. Oh. So in the freezing, thawing in the winter, you're less apt to have some cracking or some damage to the pot. Exactly. I just thought you'd want to prop it up so you could see it better from the window. <laughs> well, well, there's that also. That yeah, we're, only it's ta- we're only talking about too. an inch or, or two at the most here, but it uh, it's a good idea. Plus, it helps give you a nice sturdy level surface that you could... Yes. Uh, if if it's a big heavy pot, I suppose you could put a little bit of gravel or some uh, some masonry sand underneath it. And yeah. Pack it in a little bit, but it's a it's a good tip to do. It is. Yes, it is. And how many times have we had customers come in this week that saying, "I've got this super shady spot, this big old maple, and I can't keep flowers alive underneath it because they're competing yeah. with the moisture when it gets dry, and the tree wins the battle all the time." Well, these containers sitting on top of the ground are the perfect solution yes, for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we had a customer in this week who says, I've got this big old walnut tree. Is this flower jugglins resistant? Will it tolerate underneath the walnut tree? And, you know, it's hard to find. It's, it's easy to find a list of other trees and shrubs that are uh, more more tolerant of that. But when it comes to some of the annuals, it's a little bit more sketchy. Yeah. So the solution is just put it in a container on top of the ground and that have your shady garden and it's really just a non-factor. Just Yeah, exactly. Plant anything you want in that. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Wouldn't that crittalus be pretty in a container? It would be. Uh, speaking of I like containers, the delicate foliage on it. You have some beautiful planters, uh, combination planters, Hanging baskets, all sorts of things that uh, folks should come and check out. Yes, we do. Yeah, Prairie Gardens is loaded with combination pots right now, whether it's for the ground or for the for hanging. Right. Beautiful. Dollar seventy-seven seed geraniums. Yep. Uh, select group of herbs one ninety-seven. Uh, just mosquito plants for two ninety-seven. Five ninety-seven quart perennials. perennials yep. Half gallon perennials. I'm sorry, half gallon. And sorry. they are some of the best varieties you can get on the market. So just lots of good. Stuff. Lots of good everything out there going yeah, on. Totally. Plus, we got all the plant experts here, so come on out. We'll be glad to help you answer your questions and get you off to a good start. Yeah, it's yep. fun talking with all the customers. I love it. Yeah, good. All right, thanks, you guys. You've been listening to Plant Ex- Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live with Marianne Metz, Steve Brown, and John Weisgarver. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer is Dave Leak. Stand by for... Sports Talk, Saturday morning sports talk here on News Talk 1400, DWS, Champaign-Urbana. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy your weekend.
Prairie Gardens greenhouses are loaded with beautiful flowers. Flowers, flowers everywhere. Outrageous color, outrageous quality, incredible prices. This week at Prairie Gardens. Beautiful geraniums, $177. Clematis, only $14.97. Basil, parsley, and lavender herbs, $197. Ginormous six-packs of wave petunia, $7.97. Bzzz, mosquito plants, $2.97. And perennials, $5.97. Plus so many flowering baskets, herbs, your favorite veggies, too. Prairie Gardens, locally owned, extraordinary gardening.